0: Hi, this is Doug Beard with Splunk. I've got to tell you, the Big Data Beard podcast. With a name like that, how can you not listen? Can't wait to tune in.
1: You're listening to the Big Data Beard. All right. Well, hey, this is Corey Minton from the Big Data Beard team coming to you live and recorded. From SplunkConf 2017 in Washington DC, and I am super excited to well introduce. He's a met producer from time to time, but also one of the most certified ninjas on the Splunk team from Dell EMC, Kyle Prince. Hello, hello, how are you? What's up, brother? Rob Hout, back again. Good morning. How you living, bro? I'm good. Hanging a, in there. A night of good decisions, I know. Proud yes, of you. Good. And we have an esteemed guest with us today who is uh, from
0: Splunk, Bill Emmett. Bill, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to have me. I was a little nervous about coming here. I'm like, big data beard. (laughs) That'd be my life's work to have the beard you have. Oh,
1: well, see, (laughs) flattery flattery will get you everywhere with me, just so we're clear. Um, But that's cool. Thank you for the the compliments. I am excited to have you here because, uh, obviously, we're a bunch of nerds who are super excited about Splunk, and we're part of the community that I hope makes this thing go around, but we heard that there's tons of cool stuff coming out, and it's been announced today in the keynote, and from yesterday, kind of some sprinkling in, so Bill, why don't you do us a favor and start us off by telling us who you are, what
0: you do for Splunk. Sure. Uh, I'm Bill Emmett. I'm uh, product marketing, uh, director of product marketing, uh, focused on IT operations for Splunk. I've been at Splunk for three years, but I've been in the IT operations industry uh, for a little over 20 years. I uh, hate to admit it, but it's true. <laughs>
1: You haven't gone. You haven't gone full nerd and started like counting your years in hexadecimal yet, which is good because that gets awkward. So, IT operations monitoring—that's kind right. of a big deal in big data. It's not like there's yep. that many machines out there these days, is there? Oh,
0: absolutely not. Count them
1: on one hand. You know, <laughs> it's no big deal. Nice. Okay. So, do me a favor. So, Kyle, Rob, and I—we're—we're we're, we're big fans of Splunk. We—we we pay attention to the keynotes and what's going on. But mm-hmm. I, I want to get your perspective on. Help me understand what was the the big announcement today between logs and metrics. Help me understand what that means to. Them.
0: Yeah, what one of the things that uh, we see a lot of our uh, customers challenged with is what we call the swivel chair. Uh, uh, JC eloquently put it as something that you know can cause your hips to go sore, uh, having to go from the tools that you use to monitor uh, versus the tools that you use to troubleshoot. Metrics are often what we use to monitor. They're the things that tell us uh, utilization for CPU, for memory, IO, and so on. Uh, Logs have lots of great things in them. Not just errors, but they also have things like changes. Uh, Metrics do a great job helping us trend and find problems before they become incredibly uh, big problems. And then uh, uh, logs are great at helping us find why those problems are what they are.
1: That's interesting. So swivel chair. So (laughs) I like that concept because actually Kyle and I were having a chat with a customer yesterday and they, they started listing off the number of tools. Like what was it like nine?
0: Yeah. It it got into double digits.
1: It (laughs) it got got awkward. So, so what is the announcement today? Do like, what
0: does it do to solve the swivel chair problem? Yeah, yeah. We we've made a couple announcements this week to really help address uh this wheelchair problem. The first thing ca- came out yesterday with Splunk Enterprise Seven. And with Splunk Enterprise 7, there are a number of new features that are coming with the offering. Everything from incredible performance to new powerful ways of annotating events so you can add context to them. We uh, talked about the upgrades to our machine learning toolkit, which is important because uh, people are getting way more data in way more forms You know, classic big data problems uh, than what they can possibly eyeball. And machine learning is really important there. But the thing that I think was really exciting to a lot of our IT monitoring crowd here was the addition of metrics. And uh, with metrics, what we announced is the ability to natively ingest, store, and analyze those metrics. Uh, And as a result of that, we are able to handle metrics uh, at large scale, Mm -hmm. associated with dimensions that you have. And we're supporting StatsD and CollectD right out of the box. So it's a great, easy way of getting metrics uh, into Splunk for analysis. And now you can do some really cool stuff with it. Yeah. That's what we talked about yesterday. And then Today, what we did is we provided a technology preview for a technology called Project Waitomo. And Waitomo takes it a step further by making those CollectD and StatsD agents very easy uh, to distribute to uh, your target uh, hosts, your Docker uh, containers, your uh, AWS instances. And uh, now, uh, but what we've also added is machine learning that's specific to the kind of metrics that you're going to be analyzing there, as well as the kinds of dashboards and visualizations and uh, use cases that are the things that I think uh, infrastructure monitoring professionals, sys admins, site reliability engineers, and so on, yeah. are going to really need. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm so I'm curious. So there's a couple of things you mentioned there. Like one, Project
1: Waitomo? Is is
0: yes. Is that Right. So where did that come from first? All right. Uh, With a name like that. Yeah, so (laughs) two things. (laughs) First of all, we're we're using a project designation. When we have some really cool technology we're working on in the lab, we want to share it with people in venues like this. Uh, We're not uh, quite ready to uh, ship it yet. In fact, we want a few more opinions on it uh, before we ship it, but we want to get it in front of people. So that's where we came up with the project designation. Waitomo is a really cool cave in uh, New Zealand, uh, best known for its glowworms. And surprisingly, a number of our colleagues at Splunk have been to uh, Waitomo and Splunk being about spelunking for data. You know, y- you cannot avoid the cave uh, metaphor. Well, I mean, but- honestly, you guys, <laughs> like, it, I, I
1: want to stop being a fan of your coolness. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> hard. it's really hard. It's to, really hard. It's hard to deal with sometimes. <laughs> no, that's very cool. Glow worms are awesome, by the way. We we saw them in Australia last year or year before last, and that's a, so weird to freak out that there's a bioluminescent worm they live these kids. crazy stuff. Okay, so Project Waitomo connects metrics and, and, and actions from logs, allows mm-hmm. us to overlay
0: um, contextual, basically commentary, right? Like, hey, what happened that, at this time? That, that's right. It's, it's setting context for the metrics that you see. So uh, when you start to see things spike uh, and, and trend in a suddenly different direction, what are the corroborating logs that may give us some hints about why we're seeing that? Could just be business, increased business activity. Could be a problem with infrastructure. Could be something like storage ran out, and you're now uh, kicking off a whole litany of issues uh, based on one simple uh, infrastructure issue. Okay. I've seen that overlay in the demo yesterday. Like, i immediately there's customers I have right now that I could use that, like today.
1: <laughs> Interesting. No, I, I agree. I actually think the the maybe the the neatest thing about it is it's it's moving more towards connecting the human element right with with you know we're pretty decent pattern recognition machines between our ears but i think it's actually given them the tools to add that human element to what splunk is doing at
0: scale but the context i think is the human side of it. it's really cool that's actually a really interesting observation one of the things that we did that was a little bit different for this is that a lot of people think of splunk as a platform that many different people in many different roles can use in order to solve a problem uh We took a slightly different approach with the way that we designed uh, Waitomo. We uh, focused on what is it that system administrators and site reliability engineers have to worry about when they get up out of bed in the morning, and what are the problems that they're going to solve for, what are kind of the likely progression of tasks that they're going to be doing, and what data do they need in order to do their job. And that became the design center and the inspiration for Waitomo. Interesting. So customer-centric design approach, dig that. That's... I mean, certainly you're, uh, you you,
1: you know, everybody talks about the customers are at the forefront of Splunk innovation and kind of Splunk success. So that's good. Customer-centric design. One thing that you talked about, too, was the the improvement of the machine learning toolkit. Yes. And machine learning is, I mean, I don't know if you could get a more in vogue term right now. Uh, I mean, it's almost, I don't want to say it's passe yet because I don't think half of the people who say the term out loud actually know what it means. But help me understand, what is machine learning toolkit? for Splunk mean and how do people use
0: it what is it, what yeah so yeah. you understand the question like it's, yeah. what the heck is it how does it work yeah I mean, you know start with the challenge that people have which is that they have a ton of data a lot of our customers are ingesting terabytes of data a day into Splunk uh, and they're really only taking advantage of some of that data They're using it in some basic things like a search or making a dashboard out of it. But in terms of really getting deep insights out of the data, uh, that's a challenge that people have yet to unpack. And that's where this uh, machine learning toolkit comes in. Uh, The machine learning toolkit has a bunch of algorithms that help you explore your data in ways that you would never be able to do with the human eye or with just a simple uh, search, a graph Uh, etc. It's designed to find the unknowns. So things like trends that you may not be able to see. So uh, uh, forecasting things in time series, anomaly detection, finding things that just don't look like the others, even though to the naked eye, they probably just blend in. Uh, things like uh, clustering events into areas that become more actionable. Uh, those are all examples of the output of machine learning algorithms that are provided. And with the machine learning toolkit, uh, what we do is we give people the ability to uh, either use the algorithms we provide out of the box, they can can also bring in their own algorithms and uh, use uh, the machine learning toolkit as an API into that data, get the output of that data, and make it easy for other people to consume. So it's really all about finding new, more uh, leveraging the machine to find new insights in the data that you may not be able to find not on your own. It's really about getting more aha moments uh, to organizations. What I love about that too, is that you're able to use your existing Splunk cluster to do machine learning. So it's not some passe idea that's outlandish. Like you're able to just grab the machine learning abilities ingested into Splunk, build it out as a premium application. So it's not, it's not a new thing for your infrastructure team to build out, but you're able just to just add that on within Splunk and then use your, your search your uh, Splunk processing language to run your machine learning. Absolutely. So you can adapt SPL uh, to use it. You can apply uh, those machine learning algorithms in line of your SPL. So there's a number of different ways in which uh, you can use it. And we give people a lot of examples uh, with the machine learning toolkit. It's also a great way that if people just want to know what kinds of machine learning is relevant it's, it's actually just fun to download the machine learning toolkit and check out the examples because I think a lot of people would be surprised at all the things that you can do uh, with machine learning uh, that maybe they didn't even think of doing. Yeah. So,
1: so, is machine learning toolkit still a free app within, yes. within
0: Splunk Base? Yes, the machine learning toolcat, toolkit is mm-hmm. a free app uh, in Splunk Base. So, uh, version three, uh, we just announced uh, a major update to it, version three. Uh, Three yep. dot uh, So you can head out to Splunk Base and go get the machine learning toolkit.
1: That's very cool. So,
0: so one of the things that uh,
1: Richard is Campione, your director or your uh, your lead for product management.
0: Yes, he is so our SVP. Yes, he yeah. is our SVP of product.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that he talked about yesterday was how machine learning, not just the toolkit, which is the which is the actionable app that people can go deploy in their Splunk environment to use machine learning, and like you said, take guidance from your team on and and from from Splunk on hey here's the available you know processes then from a machine learning perspective that might be interesting but but he outlined the machine learning really was underpinning many of the products not just not just a toolkit app but that it's underpinning many of the products that Splunk is working on so help me understand like what is machine learning like where does that fit in are there any things that are like that have happened recently that machine learning is powering it or something we should pay attention to in the near future?
0: Yeah, I kind of think of uh, machine learning as basically, uh, th- there's really two versions of it that I, I, I like to think of, which is, Uh, machine learning from a holistic sense, which is that there are data scientists that are very strong at working with uh, machine learning capabilities. Uh, And with the machine learning toolkit, we're trying to take some of the knowledge of data scientists and make it a little bit more accessible uh, for the rest of us. Uh, Examples, get those algorithms in there, and you just need to plug in parameters and you get uh, output out of it. And that's one way of using machine learning. And it's a great way of saying, I have a question, Here's an answer. Now another way in which we're using machine learning is we're baking it into some of our products like ITSI, uh, IT Service Intelligence, and Project uh, Waitomo. So for take IT Service Intelligence, for example. uh, We believe that machine learning represents the next major step in doing better uh, event analytics and being able to go from thousands of Things, many of which are red herrings for finding problems to uh, getting to the ones that really matter. And people have tried doing that by writing static rules. And uh, the industry, the scale, the variety of data that people get—we uh, that model of rule rule making is just simply uh, on its last leg. Machine learning represents the next way in which we could do that. So. Uh, In the case of IT service intelligence, we bake in that machine learning uh, into the product so that you don't have to know it, configure it, uh, and get dirty with all the algorithms that go into machine learning. Uh, You get to just be uh, the recipient of the outcome. Similarly with Waitomo, uh, we're looking at machine learning to help us with uh, uh, various kinds of things that we think sysadmins and SREs want to know. Uh, Think about a reliability score that picks up on the, uh, not just the things that are easy to see, but the things that are difficult to see uh, so that you can identify potentially problematic parts of your infrastructure, problematic uh, uh, containers that are all behaving in a similarly strange way uh, if you if you stop to recognize certain patterns. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we can do with machine learning and then also find root cause for problems uh, more quickly based on a history of how other root problems uh, root causes were found, as well as a history uh, pattern of uh, performance behavior uh, across containers, across systems, uh, across your EC2 instances. Yeah, I mean,
1: one of, the, one of the practical things that I think Kyle probably saw it most recently was uh, in the ITSI uh, the toolkit, right, the, the entire, the premium app. One of the things I think was a, a simple, practical application that helped me understand what is machine learning was adaptive thresholding. And I know that was like a feature that was announced what when ITSI, it was kind of early in ITSI, but it was one of those, it was like a really simple way to go, huh, like that's something that's kind of hard for humans to understand the concept of that that it shouldn't be a min-max that's static over time. It's a min-max that is time-sensitive
0: based on activity, based on historical reference, right? Right. That's kind of an interesting concept. Exactly. It's easy enough for humans to put their head around during business hours. I expect more business activity. Uh, So I I expect I need to kick up thresholds higher. It's another thing to incorporate a whole other range of things that can influence uh, system performance behaviors. And that's where adaptive thresholding, the way that we've designed it, uh, was designed to solve that problem.
1: Very cool. So, machine learning is powering many of the things you're doing. One of the, the announcements that happened yesterday, Div, uh, Devani talked about customer success and a and a new project uh, around collecting data from uh, from smart customers, right? About how their environments are are running and is so. Is machine learning powering some of the customer success
0: projects that you guys have going? I expect that a lot of uh, machine learning will be applied to the data that we receive there.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a neat thing, though, where you're. We talked about this at kind of at yesterday with Simon too is like, holy cow, you have this many customers that if you could get a small subset to start to provide you impact, you know, feedback on how our environment is running, it allows you to do some interesting things, not just in the application design, but also in the uh, recommendations that your team would make on infrastructure, right? Hey, is this the right thing that we're running Splunk on? Do we need to invest in something slightly different? So that, that's very, very cool. So, so machine learning becomes practical and and, and I guess accessible uh, through Splunk, and you guys have have said that kind of all along. It's about making machine data usable, accessible, and valuable to everyone. Are you are, so now? You're making machine machine learning accessible, usable, and
0: valuable to everyone. I think that that's a pretty uh, uh, pretty logical extension to our overall value. Which, by the way, congrats for. Uh, uh, actually, knowing our tagline word for word—that was impressive. <laughs> I don't want to say uh, it, it's—I'm a fanboy. It's,
1: it's, it's, I'll be honest.
0: You have to show uh, him your Splunk tattoo later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you're not supposed to know about that. That's awkward. Uh, so, <laughs> um, all right. So, so help me kind of look forward to the rest of this week. Uh, what are you excited about seeing here? And what should we be paying attention to uh, in the in the days ahead? Uh, that's coming from Splunk.
0: You know, uh, here at the event, I think the biggest thing that's uh, going to be exci- uh, that's going to be exciting is uh, now that we've done a lot of uh, the announcements that we've made around ITSI. Uh, around uh, Splunk 7. There are a whole bunch of sessions throughout the remainder of the conference on topics like uh, Docker, how you monitor containers uh, with Splunk, how you uh, uh, take advantage of the new metrics, uh, native metric storage capabilities. We designed a lot of the programs so that uh, the, uh, some of the announcements that we made, which are brand new, uh, are things that we wanted to make those announcements and then put more of those sessions a little bit later in the program, so that's something that we're really excited uh, about doing. Uh, we have some uh, great demonstrations around metrics uh, here, uh, here at the booth. You know, showing, uh, for example, just things like efficiency gains by being able to handle natri- metrics uh, natively. Uh, so things like that. So that's one of the things that I think uh, you can expect. Another thing that you can expect. Uh, from Splunk is uh, that we're going to continue to innovate not only in terms of the overall platform that we have, but things like uh, Project Way Uh, Waitomo where we really took a design center uh, around a particular user and said what would be the kind of uh, workflows and steps that they need to do frequently throughout the day and what are the data they need in order to be successful and really build a solution that's curated around that experience. That's something that uh, I think you can expect to see more of uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, from Splunk here. So uh, no shortage of good stuff and a lot of new capabilities uh, for our uh, existing customers and new customers to unpack here. That's awesome. And I, I saw another thing in terms of infrastructure
1: design is that uh, significant performance improvements were announced that don't necessarily require changes in infrastructure. Like this is the software having impact on getting faster. Help me understand what those are the improvements across all of Splunk Enterprise, or is it, is it purely in, in enterprise security? Where
0: was the where was the big uptick in performance? A lot of the performance improvements are associated with the Splunk platform itself. So the great news there is whether you're using Splunk for security or for IT operations, IoT, uh, maybe you're doing some business analytics, uh, you'll be able to take advantage uh, of those efficiencies. Brilliant. Yeah. So so a lot of the, the folks that,
1: that listen and, and and our our friends in the industry and frankly our customers. They get challenged because they're like, "Oh man, like uh, we, we need we need this thing to go faster," and it's and it's almost always a hardware discussion, right? They come to us, they say, "Hey, we need we need bigger boxes," right? And and one of the things that Simon Yep shared with us yesterday is that many of those performance improvements not only work well across, like, hey, if I don't change anything, uh, if the load is the same, that's good, but that Swank's taken a, an approach to try to engineer towards using platforms that are modern, meaning I can use things like. Uh, really big, beefy infrastructure, like big, beefy servers that are now available. Whereas, you know, three four years ago, it was cheap, lightweight, you know, low end servers. So performance is good on the same hardware, and potentially
0: better, even if you're using that big, beefy. If you're using uh, if you're using large servers, large infrastructure, uh, you are uh, going to be very impressed uh, with the sheer amount of. Uh, of ingestion that you're going to be able to do uh but also things like uh, searches updating large complex dashboards those are the kinds of things that just feel a lot more seamless and effortless uh with splunk that's excellent man so so
1: bill it's awesome to have you on i want to shift just real quick to get some personal stuff what do you do for fun my friend
0: oh man what do i do for fun so um I like to ride my bike up in the mountains. I live in Colorado, so I I look a lot like a Colorado cliche. (laughs) You're going to find me at a brewery on the weekend. You're going to find me on my bike. Uh, You'll find me on a pair of skis uh, in the winter. So I like doing all those things, Uh, but when the... But in a warm weather location, I also enjoy things like uh, scuba diving as uh, scuba diving as well. But uh, you could think of me as uh, definitely uh, the Colorado cliche. Very cool.
1: So uh, curious. So we, we do this kind of quick hit questions. I'm going to ask you a few of them. Yeah, do it. What year do you think Skynet will go online?
0: It's not already. <laughs> okay. That Boom. Correct Told answer. You. <laughs> just supplied it more logic.
1: that's right now skynet's faster thanks to all the (laughs) Splunk improvements damn it uh (laughs) uh, okay so uh are you is there anything that you're binge watching now or that you recommend that we binge watch
0: okay binge watching i uh right after the emmys uh handmaid's tale did great and i started getting on that i've i'm four episodes in uh that is i mean it's just what's it called the handmaid's tale it's on hulu but you can download it on itunes uh the, that it's dystopian dystopian but it is uh, pretty uh it is really well done you it, it? my wife watched it nonstop. i i would be in the room while she would watch it and catch a few episodes it's
1: it sucks you in man it's it's killer all right uh if there was a book that you were to buy for me not judging me but <laughs> what book would you buy somebody
0: what book would i buy somebody um Depends on who I'm buying it for. Uh, I'm right now in the middle of the Site Reliability Engineering book uh, from Google. Everybody's uh, doing that right now. Um, uh, uh, I've also been reading uh, The Seventh Sense right now. Okay. So those are kind of the two that I've been interleaving. Uh, ones on my uh, iPad, the other ones on my nightstand.
1: Nice. So if people wanted to connect with you socially, what's the what's the platform of
0: choice? Uh, Twitter at uh, Bill Emmett Triple Zero. Bill Emmett, zero, 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 uh, works great. Uh, uh, always, uh, respond on LinkedIn as well. So LinkedIn.com bill.emmett, uh, is a great way of getting a hold of me. Uh, uh, I, I like to write, uh, blogs for Splunk. So if you go to Splunk blogs and you look up authors, you'll, uh, find me up there. So, uh, those are kind of the, the key platforms that, uh, I tend to do stuff on.
1: Cool. So this is obviously a very busy week for you. Uh, are you going anywhere cool for either vacation to unwind from Splunk Conf or somewhere cool for work in the next three, four months? Uh, I'm going to go ride bikes in Vail next
0: weekend. Does that count?
1: That sounds kind of awesome. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you need somebody to carry your bike? Sure. Kyle, I would love to. Yes. I, I don't carry anything. I'll help pour beer. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> A few breweries. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us for the show. I appreciate you sharing with us kind of the, the insights on what's going on with metrics and logs coming together for the... The benefit of not hurting people in swivel chairs. Uh, and then I wanted to say, like, was it you that came up with this new shirt that I see about the meh tricks?
0: I cannot claim credit for it, but I was excited to grab mine before I got out to uh, to Confer. I'll be rocking mine tomorrow. So what is, what's the exact tagline again? It's the end of meh tricks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I need one of those. I like yeah, meh. It's very, it's meh. Well, Bill, thank you so much for the time, buddy. We appreciate it. For those folks listening live, we're going to take a five-minute pause while we get set up for the next show. But, Bill, thank you again for joining us. It was awesome.
0: Thanks so much, Corey. Thanks, everyone.